Hey there, and welcome to the Box Office Watch Podcast, where we keep watch on how much money movies are making and why. This is the show recapping the weekend of July 23rd through the 26th, 2021. My name is Paulo, and I'm your host. Hope everything is going well for you. I don't have a lot of banter or small talk before we get to the actual content of the show, so let's just straight, jump straight into things with two new releases and seeing where the continued fall of Black Widow's drops ends up being. In first place, we have M. Night Shyamalan's latest thriller, Old, from Universal opening to $16.8 million in 3,355 theaters, a per theater average of $5,024. Compare the box office pros forecast of $12 to $22 million, it's right in the middle of that. Overall reception of the film is pretty mediocre, if not bad, at C-plus on cinema score, the worst this year so far, and 51% for both audience and critics. While not great scores overall, especially compared to 2016's Split, uh, it's not as bad as his run from 2008 to 2013 with The Happening, The Last Airbender, and After Earth. Uh, for what it's worth, according to Redditor Best Picture Istar, this has helped Samalan join a small group of directors such as Tim Burton, Clint Eastwood, Steven Spielberg, Ridley Scott, and Ron Howard to have a number one film in four separate decades with Sixth Sense in the 90s, Science in the Village in the 2000s, Split and Glass in the 2010s, and now Old. Given the reception, it's uncertain where the legs of this will end up. Uh, the closest comparisons are probably 2010's Devil uh, at 2.74x and 2015's The Visit at 2.56x, uh, with C plus and B minus on cinema score respectively, and 43 and 51% audience scores respectively on Rotten Tomatoes. So let's call it somewhere in between about. 2.65x multiplier. Uh, with that, that's about 44.6 million lifetime dollars lifetime domestically. Uh, with a reported budget of 18 million dollars, even if the absolute numbers won't be super impressive, it's another profitable film for Samalan. Uh, even if you consider, you know, the uh, the 2x uh, multiplier for um, advertising costs. Uh, with the international numbers at 6.7 million so far from 23 markets, lifetime total is currently at 23.5 million dollars. In second place, we have another bit of a flop uh, in Paramount's G.I. Joe reboot, uh, Origins of Snake Eyes, starring Henry Golding. Uh, this one grossed $13.3 million in 3,521 theaters for a per theater average of $3,797, vastly underperforming box office post forecast of $20 million from a few weeks ago. Uh, Cinema score has this at a B-, which isn't great for your big action films. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has 41% from critics and 74% from audience, uh, which is a little bit better at least on the audience side of things, but I mean, who really was looking for this film? Uh, the last J.I. Joe film from 2013, eight years ago, uh, was a 29 and 48% critics in the audience on Rotten Tomatoes, and the first film in 2009 was 34% and 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, 2009's film had a B-plus on cinema score, while 2013's had an A-, minus, which again doesn't really bode well for this film, being that this is the lowest cinema score of the three. Legs overall from the first two films were 2.75x and 3.03x respectively, which means that this one should cap out uh, optimistically at about $40 million if it's able to keep that 3x multiplier, which I don't think it's going to be able to do. Um, and in either case, it won't be able to make back the $88 million production budget on this one. 
A more modern equivalent might be the more similarly martial arts-focused uh, film uh, from the 80s and 90s, uh, Mortal Kombat from this year, which had a similar Rotten Tomatoes rating split of 55% critic, 86% audience, but that one only ended up having a sub-2x multiplier. Though, again, that had to deal with the HBO Max simultaneous day-and-date day releases and vaccines not quite being fully rolled out yet. Um, but in any case, things seem pretty grim for this reboot overall. Uh, my sources have it making $4 million in 37 markets, so we're still only at $17 million lifetime for this film. In third place, we have Black Widow taking the lead again from Space Jam uh, in its third weekend, dropping 55% to $11.6 million in 4,250 theaters per theater average of $2,734 and running domestic total of $154.8 million, joining the $150 million domestic club post-pandemic. Now, last week, Black Widows had the distinct dishonor of being the MCU film with the steepest second-week drop. It's not quite as bad as this week. You know, a 55% drop is pretty average for MCU films uh, in the third weekend for the last five years, uh, which, with, with third-week drops ranging from 41% Black Panther to 62% for Thor Ragnarok. However, even compared to Ant-Man films, which are the lowest-grossing MCU films uh, overall domestically... With the first Ant-Man making uh, about $180 million domestically, the Ant-Man and the Wasp making $216 million domestically. Um, compared to those films, it still in the has a lower third week take for the individual week. Uh, you know, with Ant-Man making $12.8 million compared to, again, this week's uh, um, $11.6 million. Though, you know, Black Widow, granted, has beaten it for the cumulative, $132 million versus Black Widow's $154 million so far. Though that $154 million does lose to Ant-Man and the Wasp's cumulative by week three of $165 million. So, you know, it's probably going to hit maybe the $200 million range mark, I think, all once being told. Um, and again, that is the sequel that it's losing out to. Again, we have no new updates from Disney Plus on how the premiere access numbers are going in its third weekend. Um, internationally, Black Widow has made $160 million in 48 markets without a China release date yet. Um, it has crossed the $300 million mark to land at $314 million total. Leapfrogging acquired place two. Uh, landing in the number five spot on the top grossing films of the year behind Godzilla vs. Kong at $465 million worldwide. In fourth place, we have A Space Jam, A New Legacy, uh, uh, dropping a stunning 69, nice, percent uh, to $9.5 million in 4,002 theaters, per theater average of $2,394, running total of $51.3 million. That drops definitely on the steeper end of things compared to the other Warner Brothers HBO Max simultaneous releases, with Mortal Kombat being the worst at 73% drop, and then even and this being a worse drop than Wonder Woman 1984's 67% back in December, or in the light heights earlier this summer with 63%, and definitely worse than the original Space Jam, which only dropped 41% uh, back in, in back in the 90s. Now, this may be anecdotal, but I generally don't really know anyone who really liked the film, who you know, uh, who who ended up wanting to seeing it uh like so like the first two films in this list i think it's another case of a film that no one really wanted which is why we have the generally poor box office performance uh so far it's made 42.6 million dollars internationally in 66 markets again not including the basketball star of china uh, for a total of 93.9 million dollars so far i think it'll be able to hit the 150 million production budget so far but just barely and definitely i don't think will break even with the marketing costs though that being said i think they can write this one off as a marketing cost for hbo max uh, like it was written to be with all the crossovers and such 
Uh, finally, in fifth place, we have uh, the family returning with F9 making $4.8 million in 2,850 theaters, a 37% drop, and a per theater average of $1,691. The message total is $163.5 million plus $458 million abroad, bringing its lifetime total to $622 million so far. The first post-pandemic Hollywood film to cross $600 million. Another weekend, and it stood past Fast, and Fast Five from 2011, which made $630 million worldwide. So uh, props for it for beating out a pre-pandemic, uh, a pre-pandemic film um, after the franchise started to kind of blow up. Um, though the next benchmark, uh, Hobbs and Saw's $760 million, will probably be out of reach. Still, even if you consider a 2x multiplier on the $200 million production budget for advertising costs, it's definitely made a profit at this point. Outside of the top five, not too much to report. Uh, cumulative totals for the weekend sit at $70.3 million. Again, another drop versus last week's $91 million. While some may point to it being effective the Delta variant or the simultaneous online releases or even piracy, I personally would say this drop is probably just due to uh, really not having any super compelling blockbusters worth seeing in theaters. Uh, in the coming weekend, we have a couple more releases that will hopefully buck that trend. First, the small A24 film, uh, The Green Knight, starring Dev Patel and directed by David Lowry. Um, I don't expect this to make too much at all just because of the weird art house nature of it, but from a filmmaking perspective, this is definitely one of the ones I'm most excited for all year, to be honest. Uh, the critics love it also at 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, then we have a slightly larger film in Stillwater from Focus Features starring Matt Damon that debuted at Cannes. Uh, critics have it at 82% and Box Office Pro has forecasted to make between 2 and $7 million in its 2,400 theater release. And then the big release next weekend is Jungle Cruise from Disney in, you know, about 4,000 theaters. Again, having a simultaneous release both in theaters and on Disney+. Plus. No official uh, critics review out yet, but about the Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt-led film with a $200 million production budget. But Box Office Pro has it set to make 20 to $40 million in its opening weekend, which probably won't make the money back, at least all theatrically at that rate. Uh, we'll also hopefully get Disney Plus premiere access numbers next weekend as well to maybe bolster those the theatrical numbers. Uh, internationally, the big news continues from last week as countries try to cope with the Delta variant. Uh, in the French box office, for example, it dropped 70% the day uh, that they announced that they would require theater goers to be vaccinated or to have a negative PCR test. Um, in Italy, they also announced essentially a vaccine passport called the Green Pass uh, in order to be able to uh, uh, see movie th- movies in theaters starting August 6th, extending all the way to the end of December this year. Um, A24's UK distributor pulled the aforementioned Green Knight film from the UK release schedule. Uh, No reason was given, though it's probably a combination of the surge of COVID infections and the fact that those will probably impact art house box office more so than blockbusters. And then meanwhile in Germany, uh, F9 finally opened the number one there with Black Widow at number two, with something that was boycotting uh, Disney uh, due to Premier Access. And then Space Jam opened all the way down to number five. Definitely not a basketball country in Germany. Uh, meanwhile, over in Asia, Japan specifically, Mamoru Hosoda's Cannes favorite film, uh, Bell, has hit 2.4 billion yen, about 22 million US dollars, in its second week of release, and the second Rurouni Kenson final chapter film got confirmed to be coming to the States this week in Netflix. 
Uh, moving to China, we have our usual top five with the Hollywood blackout continuing into August, uh, most likely. Um, we have in first place the new animated film White Snake 2, Green Snake, opening to 29.7 million US dollars. In second, we have the drama Chinese Doctors continuing its run with 17.5 million added to its 177 million running total. Uh, the kids' animated film Bacon Bear 2, Gold Agent, comes in third with 4.7 million dollars in its debut. Uh, last week's musical, The Day We Lit Up the Sky, made another $3 million to add to its $22 million total. And then, quote, youth inspirational film, The Big City Building, made $1.5 million in its debut. Uh, the summary I found for this is really bizarre. It involves esports and fighting and cosplay and a giant Shanghai uh, skyscraper. I don't know. In any case, as far as other movie news, the biggest stuff is probably a couple new movie dates. Uh, Neon, distributor of Parasite, will be releasing this year's Palme d'Or winner, uh, Titan, on October 1st. They acquired the film, back rights, the film rights back in 2019, so we'll see if that bet pays off for them. Uh, Universal, they did a few films for 2022 and 2023. Uh, Sci-fi film Distant opens March 11th next year, starring Anthony Ramos, Zachary Quinto, and Naomi Scott, opening against Pixar's next film, Turning Red. Uh, we also have Easter Sunday, coming April 1st, produced by Filipino-American Joe Coy, um, the comedian, uh, as a love letter to the Filipino-American community, which, you know, I'm all about there. Um, and then a film also based on Bram Stoker's Dracula called The Last Voyage of the Demeter is set to open in January 2023. Now, not quite a movie, but interestingly, uh, the WWE will be bringing their SummerSlam 2021 to a live stream event in movie theaters on August 21st. Uh, this is notably uh, also going to be streaming on Peacock at the same time due to a deal between the WWE uh, and Universal. Uh, so this is you know definitely interesting to see it come to theaters. And then not in theaters, but Black Widow is having its non-Disney Plus uh, streaming release come August 10th and its physical release on September 14th. Meanwhile, F9 comes to streaming uh, digitally on all platforms this weekend. Now, there were reports of pre-sales of the Suicide Squad opening in two weeks, uh, being pretty underwhelming, currently pacing behind the Birds of Prey's $33 million opening weekend. Box Office Pro has it a little bit more optimistic at $35 to $60 million opening weekend, though for a budget of $175 million, uh, if it has a 2.5x multiplier of the original Suicide Squad, and frankly, most of the uh, DC films not named Wonder Woman the original or Aquaman, uh, this is going to definitely fall short of that. Uh, looking at other films, uh, Box Office Pro has forecasted out through August, historically one of the weaker months of the year. Uh, the other big release looks to be Free Guy with a 15 to $35 million opening, though early social media reviews seem to be a little bit more positive. Uh, that one does have no premiere access release and is alongside Sang-Chi, going to have a 45-day theatrical window, uh, so we're going to see if the premiere access effect is real or not. Uh, some other inside baseball news, it looks like Legendary, the studio between Godzilla vs. Kong and the upcoming Dune, are putting themselves on the market to be sold or merged with another company. Uh, no official statement from the company if it were to happen, but it would likely be for less than the $3.5 billion that Chinese company Wanda paid for it back in 2016. And then finally, some streaming news. Uh, one, a report came out that Warner will produce 10 films for HBO Max exclusively on 20, for 2022. I imagine these will be mostly sub-$100 million budget films, with a fair number being DC-related, such as Batgirl or Blue Beetle. Uh, secondly, uh, all the Twilight films are now available on Netflix, and this past weekend, all five of them cracked the top 10 most-watched films this weekend, alongside Gunpowder Milkshake and the Naomi Osaka documentary. So if you're a Twilight fan, I guess good for you. Uh, you 
probably contributed to that. Uh, and then three, Netflix also announced that animated film Mitchells vs. the Machines was their most watched animated film to date with 53 million views over the first four weeks compared to Over the Moon's $43 million and The Willoughby's $38 million last year, uh, which I think bodes well for, for uh, Mitchell vs. the Machines' Oscars chances. Since I didn't watch any other movies this week, uh, with that, I think that's a wrap for this episode. Shoot me your ideas or any tips for what I should cover via email at boxofficewatchpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at BOWatchPodcast. You can find our show on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review or at the very least tell a friend that any of that helps. If you're feeling extra generous, consider supporting us on Patreon, which lets me not make not only this show, but all the other podcasts I work on. Link to all of that in our show notes. Numbers used in the show come from dnumbers.com. Our intro and outro music come from Kevin MacLeod. You can find his stuff at acompetech.filmmusic.io. Editing production is provided by Ninja Boy Media. Until next time, this has been the Box Office Watch Podcast. And remember, our watch goes on. <laughs>